Ladies and gentlemen. Pacific Sound Radio. Sunday morning is the brainchild of Vancouver music scene veteran Bruce Wilson, channeling the soulful and moody spirit of acts like E.E. Pop, Nick Cave, and Lou Reed. Sunday morning are dreamy and decidedly dark rock and roll balladeers with a penchant for emotionally poignant lyrical subject matter. Let's do a quick round of introductions for our listeners. Uh, what is your name and what do you play? Hey there, James. Uh, my name is Bruce and I sing. I'm, at, uh, uh, <laughs> I'm Kyle. I play guitar and sing. I am Max and I play the bass and I also sing. Um, you like to play guitar. Excellent. Uh, let's see. Sorry. Just trying to get the okay. setup going. Okay, hold on. Okay, so this first question will be for Bruce, so we we'll just want to make sure that sure got the mic over there. Absolutely. Yeah, so Bruce, I understand that you're a veteran of the Vancouver music scene, and your story is a pretty central component to the Sunday Morning Project. What was your early experience like playing in the scene in the late 80s and early 90s, and how did you wind up returning to music after an extended hiatus? Um, well, um... We moved here when I was a kid, so I was about 14, and um, I was involved with, um, with uh, the Vancouver scene then, and um, after I graduated high school, um, I split town for a bit and moved um, to Florida, where I'm from, and um, I played in a band there for a couple of years. And then I moved back here from Massachusetts, where I, uh, I moved fr- from Florida to Massachusetts. And then I moved uh, back out here in like 88. So when I was about 20, I guess. And um, I joined a band called Hancock at that point. And um, we were a band here f- until 95. So yeah. Yeah. And the rest of the question was... <laughs> oh, um, how'd you uh, wind up returning to music after how did I, an extended oh, hiatus? Good question. Um, well, um, I went through some changes. Um, I quit drinking. I quit doing heroin, which was slowing me down. So I stopped doing those two things. And um, um, I moved into the um, Waldorf Hotel. Um, and I spent about a year there, um, and I had this project. I wasn't really sure what the project was. Um, I just had this concept, and I began um, writing a book at that point. And to accompany the book, um, I thought I ought to um, write a soundtrack. So just to complicate stuff, that's as much as possible. So um, hooked up with Stephen Hamm, 
who I played with in um, Tank Hog, and we wrote the first album, which came out in 2017. Yeah, yeah. And with that debut album and also mm-hmm. currently each member in Sunday Morning has played or currently plays in a number of different local bands for each of you guys what are some of the other bands that you've played with or currently play with and what makes this project unique from other acts that you've performed with and we can move the arm of the mic around for here's Kyle first okay. <laughs> uh, yeah I've played in Malk and Wishkicker and I was playing in Deadsoft in the last year um this project's been really great because it's a really kind of collaborative experience with everyone. Everybody's kind of putting, you know, their flavors into it. Uh, it it's, it's pretty different from a lot of things I've done in the past. Uh, I like it a lot. Uh, hey, this is Max. Uh, I've played in uh, the Ballantines for a while. And uh, what was the other one? Felix and I played in Chains of Love and uh, Shakes back in the days. Um, and this project is uh, sort of just sees a continuation of the styles we've been working on over the years and watching them sort of develop and grow up a bit. And it's really cool. Um, yeah, uh, Felix here. Um, I was in a lot of bands as I knocked that laptop onto the floor. Uh, one of the first bands in Vancouver was uh, K-Stars. After that, I was in a band called uh, Cosmetics. That was my first real touring band. And uh, shortly after that, I was in a band called Mode Modern. Um, And at that same time, Chains of Love. And then um, I joined Kyle's band, Wish Kicker, for for a while. And I was in a band called Girlfriends and Boyfriends, um, which I I got let go from. But that's all cool. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And and basically, these these are my friends at the studio. I also run a studio. And uh, I got involved with um, Ham and Bruce on that first album, just mixing. And uh, you know, uh, Max has been a um, partner of mine at, at my recording studio, and, and Kyle's there, and we're all just friends. I mean, this project is is different from all the rest for me, but because I, I don't think it's like uh, has has too much of a preconceived direction or anything like that. It's it's just who's who's there that day. And, uh, you know, I think we're all perfectly comfortable with that. Um, Over. Good stuff. And I guess this is more of a question for Bruce, but what are some of the bands and artists that have served as a source of inspiration for this project? (laughs) Um, That's probably a very long list. Um, Everyone from, like, mid-'70s Iggy to the Velvet Underground to, um, I don't know, God, uh, Nick Cave, Ray Wiley Hubbard, Drive-By Truckers, um, Serge Gainsbourg, <laughs> yeah. um, who, who else, Felix? I, I don't know, I'm not, like, you know, we, we talk about those ones, but I think everybody's yeah. thinking their own thing in any given moment. It's true, and, and that's yeah, fine. yeah. Yeah. So there's like a lot of stuff. Like I mean, me personally, it's like a lot of uh, you know more more aggressive shoegaze music for for this for this band, and then also you sure. know, just your classic pop moves and and things like that. So it's it's really just it's a hodgepodge. It's post post modern. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it, it's um uh, post wave. 
post-wave. Post-wade. Post-wade, yeah. Yeah. I'm totally overwade. <laughs> Guess then there's a the question who's Wade, but uh, nobody does. <laughs> <laughs> no, We're done Wade. talking about Wade. Fair enough. So besides being a reference to a excellent Velvet Underground song, what is the story behind the name Sunday Morning? Um, the name has to do with um, the um, the uh, duality of what um, it is. Um, it can be a spiritual a day, or it can be um, waking up incredibly hungover trying to piece together what happened the night before. So it's really about the spectrum of, of, um, of the human condition and what that means, which I think is Re- reflected in what what um, we do in in um, in that we're not really anchored to 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 one particular genre. Makes sense. And another question for you, Bruce. Uh, your lyrical themes cover heartbreak, loss. And regret amongst many other <laughs> topics, uh, and this is a, a kind of a general question that I've I've thought of a few times. Uh, I've often wondered if pain and struggle is a necessity for great art, and I want to kind of get your perspective on that. Also, to obviously anyone else in the band who wants to chime in. Yes. <laughs> um, pain and struggle as a necessity for great art. I don't. I don't know. Um, I, I, I don't know if I have an answer for that. Um, I think it's something we can all relate to. I think, um, I think struggle um, is part of what being human is. Uh, I mean, even Getting out of out of bed is not an easy task, you know. So, so it starts there every day, and then it just compounds. So, do people ever really want to hear from happy people though? Like you know, think about Instagram, <laughs> yeah, right? You know, anybody who's super happy posts anything. I was like, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> you know, but if you're in pain, you're hurting. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'll invest. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> Makes sense. I uh, I don't know. Yeah. No. I just uh, it was just something that I wanted to I figured I'd figured I'd bring up. It was something yeah. that I've, I've thought about a few times because there's kind of been, I guess, in terms of like the annals of music history, there's plenty of occasions where bands where they uh, on the point of falling apart go out and make like their best album. Hmm. So. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I think we, we like we don't fall apart like as a big fall apart, but like you know, every hour we fall apart maybe twice during a session. <laughs> so maybe that's in little ways. You know, maybe that's just getting older. You don't fall apart big, you just fall apart a little bit at a time and I think that keeps the art going. Like that's that's the struggle day to day if we're making a record, I think, is is just like 
how to achieve that thing with that guitar, let's say, and, and you, you feel like garbage because you can't do it, but you struggle through and, and that's interesting. That's more of a story than I walked in and played it and it was fine. Mm. So I think people are usually generally more interested in the struggle because uh, you know, they want advice. I want advice. I, you know, I've gone to songs for advice you know, and, how to, um, and perspective. And, um, and um, really, every uh, narrative arc has to have struggle, or it's just a really, really dull story. You know? So struggle has to be part of every story, or it's just not going to be that interesting. Yeah, and kind of on that, what are some examples that you can provide in terms of the songs you've released that address that struggle or convey that struggle? Um, or that arc, I should say. Can you uh, name a song? Say, was it, um, I'm going to get the title wrong, but uh, <coughs> Drinks for Two? Oh, Drink for Two. Um, drink, drink for Two, for two. Yeah. God, um, I wrote that a long time ago um that song was kind of about quitting drinking <laughs> you know and um That's a struggle. I, i'm trying to um remember the words to that song but um drink for two past a highway ghost um that was kind of a song about reflecting on drinking while being sober and just about, um, I don't know, man. Um, that was a drive-by truckers-inspired song. <laughs> And um, the uh, narrative had to do with a trucker, uh, basically, um, doing speed and um, drinking. But um, from a personal point, it was about reflecting on drinking, having been sober for years. So, yeah. And what's some of the, how is that narrative arc reflecting the, the new songs on the new EP? Uh, the new songs, um, I kind of approached the lyrics for these songs as, um, as an anthology of stories. So um, uh, based around love. So each song is kind of a story unto itself. Yeah. What would be like a good example of that from the from the songs on the on the release? Hmm. Good question. Um, what song do you want to know about? Uh, let's talk about "I'm in Love" because we just played that earlier on in the on the program. <laughs> okay. Um, "I'm in Love" was about. A relationship I was in while I was in high school um, with a much older w- w- woman, 
and um, the unhealthy nature of that relationship. And um, with that, um, it's interesting because she taught me so much about art and, um, and, and at the same time, it was just so incredibly uh, destructive. And um, one of the um, lines in that is, um, I was just a child, and you taught me how to fuck. So that's kind of what that song is. It's about being, being a child and being transformed into something else through that relationship. Wow. Actually, yeah, I didn't get that. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, didn't, I didn't know the subject matter was that heavy when I, the first few times I'd listened to that song. So, wow. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, you had mentioned earlier that you had some plans to write a book about your life experiences. <laughs> Is that still in the works? or? Um, I have a book. Um, it's beside my bed. It's uh, been there for the past two years, um, fourth draft. But um, it's really hard to, to write a book. It's really hard. And... Um, I like making albums more right now, so the book's on hold while I uh, hang out with these guys. With the book, besides obviously being a chronicle of your personal journey... Um, it's not, though. Oh, it's um, not? Okay. No, it's not really autobiographical. Um, it's about a guy who makes some really bad uh, decisions, and I think that's fairly um, universal. So, God yeah. is making bad decisions. Yeah. That's <laughs> you. Yeah. Can relate. Yeah. Sure, right? Yeah, yeah, we all can. Well, um, I know we've got tons of equipment we here. Do. The studio's uh, crowded in a good way. Uh, we would love to hear a live song. What song are you guys going to play for us? Well, we, uh, we just happen to have a live song prepared for you. It's called Michigan. It's about Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> this is Sunday Morning Live on Pacific Sound Radio. <clears throat> um, you should get in a bit closer for... Yeah, I'll, I'll project. Yeah? All right. To pick up characteristics <clears throat> of an SM7. You guys ready? Kind of. Um, yeah, um, can I sit on this? Yes, you can. And um, I'm going to stand. It should be good, right? I'm, gonna, I'm a bit louder than you. How um, are we, James? Travis is Guitar sounds good. Guitar sound good. How about me? Yeah, good. <clears throat> Missing you through a Michigan winter when the lake effect brought the wind and snow like powdered glass. 
Remember that night I drove the car, took you right off the road. Who knew they made ditches that deep? You run mushrooms lying on your back as the snow fell in your eyes. You said kiss me, for anyone knows where. Wanted you spread open. You wanted me cut to the bone. Oh, sometimes, sweetie, just to hear a lie. I nine to four's been full of holes for forty years. Our hearts hit every single one. Neither of us are doing very good, but we're doing better than we used to. I guess it's safe to call that progress. Wanted me spread open. Oh, I wanted you cut to the bone. Listening to Pacific Sound Radio. That was Sunday morning live in the studio with Michigan. That was awesome. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks, James. I really like the uh, this device that you're uh, working with here, Max. The the Omnicord. Um, how you don't encounter that uh, that often in person. Uh, how you know? How did you find out about this and uh, figure out that this would work particularly well with this song in a live setting? Uh, well, it's a classic instrument. It's been on a lot of uh, a lot of recordings you've probably heard, and uh, we happen to have two of them at the studio. Uh, this one is the System 100, which is uh, the slightly more advanced version than the uh, the other basic Omnicord that we have. But it uh, basically, if if you can't picture it, what it is, imagine an auto harp if you can. It's like a 
a bunch of strings and you push a button on and it mutes a bunch of strings and the ones that remain are the ones you can play and it makes a chord and it's like an omnichord is the electronic digital version of that so you can uh, you know if, you, if that helps anyway so it's uh, it, I thought it would be good we're doing this acoustic thing I don't really play this instrument but uh, here we are and uh, it it went well. It's got a drum machine. Our drummer can't be here today. It's got uh, chords. It's got <laughs> all kinds of things. Uh, so you know, there's there's all these reasons. I, I was the only one who actually needed to come. So <laughs> it's, it's nice of everyone to join us. I think uh, Kyle and Malik both individually does uh, your thought about bailing today. <laughs> Max has got it all right there. Yeah, um, I'm tired. <laughs> I was just gonna say, believe it or not, we have been able to fit a drummer in the space. I don't believe you no yeah, we got we got photos like somewhere <laughs> but it was uh one of yeah. the stand-up cocktail kits i think it, what was it it was uh one of those micro kits but okay. right yeah with, with it was Dick Van Dyke uh, and mary poppins with yeah. the one-man band <laughs> suit not not like that exactly but yeah um that's impressive mm-hmm I think the most crowded show we've had in terms of just gear was uh we had leisure club on that was one of our earlier episodes. It must have been episode 20-something. But uh, in this, the corner behind me, which is going to totally make sense on the radio, <laughs> we had uh, the keyboardist who had his big, like, you know, like six-foot-long Yamaha. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, right in the corner there. So it's not enough room Not enough room at all. If you can't see it. Yeah, not, not enough room in the slightest. I mean, there's plenty of photos of the studio space on our, on our social media and stuff like that. But it's a mid-sized bathroom. I appreciate it when people do something like that. Yeah. You know, even just having a beat on the radio when it's like people are playing is, is nice. Oh, exactly. Yeah, we try and do kind of our own impromptu, like, NPR Tiny Desk series. because we just call it the Tiny Space Series. The Tiny <laughs> Room. <laughs> yeah. Save on space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, the new EP... Consequence of Love Side 2 is coming out on March 13th. Correct. Yeah, how does this release differ from the debut LP? How does it differ? Um, I think, well, um, it's a whole new band. So that, first of all, um, we recorded it all at, um, at the studio. So... Um, I, how does it differ? Um, I, I think it, like, it, it differs. Different in, songs, you know? <laughs> I think it's different. Totally different songs. Yeah, different songs. Like, I mean, you wrote it differently. And, yeah, true. And I think that, you know, no, no diss on anyone, of course, or anything before, but I think this just has a lot more, like, uh, lack of a better term, youth energy. Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, because we're because there's youth in, involved, mm-hmm. and um, I, that's actually one of the things I really like about this band. And uh, you know, be, me being one of the older ones, it's like I like the the range of age mm-hmm. in here, and and um, yeah, that cool. dynamic. Um, it really provides a lot of perspective, and and um, I don't know when you get a, that broad of a range, you can you can kind of hit the center of like. You know what's right a little bit easier, I think. And you know, I, and I, I don't know how you wrote the last one, but you know, I, I think we sat down and we wrote a lot of these songs. We did, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Um, I, I think it's even in the production too is a little bit more 
uh, overtly like pop and aggressive. Mm -hmm. totally. And then the last album, yeah. which was, it was really just you and Ham getting mm -hmm. together and trying to pull your friends together and make yeah. a record. And, yeah. and a lot of this stuff too, I think we had a, a really great drummer, um, Al Boyle, who, who's been in, uh, you know, what, what was his big... Uh, low Levels. Low Levels, uh, WPP, um, and a slew of others. And he's just like a hard-hitting drummer. And, uh, you know, I, again, no slur on the last, last drummer, but, the, you know, we, we really pushed for more of like signature... Uh, like getting that person rather than just somebody to play a beat, but right. like getting yeah. that person's character. Mm -hmm. And I think we tried to do that with every yeah. instrument. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and just let you know, like on some of these songs, it's like, you know, somebody will put on a you know an omnichord or a guitar, and then everything just shifts. And you know, we're we feel comfortable enough to just follow that. You know, um, I but I don't know if that was different than last time. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it is. I think there's yeah. a lot more people involved too. Well, that's true. Yeah. yeah which makes it yeah. a little bit um, nicer. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, and kind of on that, what was the songwriting process like for this release, considering Bruce, you were essentially working with a, a brand new lineup? Um, well, I started um, <coughs> going out to the studio and um, hanging out with Helix. And um, we were, were writing out there. And then Ham came in to join us for a bit. And um, he um, went off to do his own, his own thing. So it's been, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I could tell you what the difference for me was. Yeah, go, yeah. yeah, yeah like, yeah. I've never worked from the lyrics towards music. Oh, okay. And and that was really freeing in that, like, I just look for rhythms within uh, your prose or your poetry, right. and then that would huh. yeah. dictate, like, everything else. Right. And it was actually quite quick. So for me, you know, I was, I was writing differently because of that. Right. I, don't, I don't know, like, you know, how you and Ham would write before, but, mm -hmm. you know, if it was similar or not, but, you know, it, it purely, everything came from the words. Yeah. And, and the words remained really important all the way down to mix in that it, it's like, you know, we're here to, the, you know, everybody connects to the vocals. Are we, you know, is the band being supportive of that? And um, that, that, was, uh, that was really satisfying. Do you have an example of uh, building around the lyrics of a specific song on the EP? Um, or is it pretty yeah, it was the you, you were there for most of that too? Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. Like uh, when I heard Bruce's lyrics for "War Came to Us," like it, it painted a pretty vivid picture in my mind, and I, I feel like the kind of vibe we achieved on that song definitely came from that place. Like it, it, it really shaped it. It, it. It's a song that sounds uh, even pretty different from the other songs on the EP. I think. Uh, oh yeah, definitely. I think that was just a lot to do with like. You know, having that fresh energy of you being there, because that was one that was like you were there from the beginning. You know, and even in in a song like Michigan, you know, the you know that's all like just the rhythm of the words, right? And then if you if you just kind of wrap it out, then you recognize the rhythm from so many other songs, and then it just tells you how to do that moment. So I mean, there's a lot of sort of automatic writing too, where it's just sort of suggestive and 
just kind of do it. You don't have to re, you know, reinvent the wheel or anything like that. So it's like there's only what, like 36 chords. <laughs> there's, only there's, 36. There's, well, there's 36 chords on the Omni chord, and, and that's like, uh, and it that's be like, all the chords. I think that's uh, Filipino for every chord. <laughs> What was the recording process like since Felix, Brutal. of course... No, oh, you beat me to the punch, Felix. I'm just going to say, since you're serving yeah, as guitarist and producer. Road, <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. I oh. You. oh, no. It's, I was just uh, asking what the, what the process was like considering you were, uh, Felix, pulling double duty as guitarist and producer. Um, I didn't play that much guitar. Oh, well, there yeah. you go. Yeah, so that was a lot easier. Like, I'm a good enough producer to know when, know that I, I'm not, I shouldn't. <laughs> but it, it really was like I had so many good guitarists around me and, and musicians that you just facilitate that. Really, and, and everybody's I've worked with before and, and they know how I work and it's really mature. And Kyle records and Max records. So it was really like, you know, if I'm just listening, you know, Kyle can go set up the microphone. And I think that's something that maybe they didn't have before uh, mm -hmm. you know which is like the person recording can go set up their own microphone actually please do that because I'm tired of doing that <laughs> <laughs> so letting that be open it, it's not again you know I, I can just take it we can take advantage of the sounds and it does it's not necessarily just my stock you know or whatever I do right you know so that that changed it for me as well right um, and then also it was a, it was a new studio so that's, this is one of the first projects in the new studio and it's much bigger space and we're just kind of coming to terms with that. Um, and uh, more live? Way more live. Yeah, yeah, than what you were doing before, yeah. which was like Way an overdub live. process. So, uh, you know, that, that, that again gets the character of the people or the, uh, the four or five or however many as it you know, adds up. Uh, groove, uh, as they say. Did you folks have the opportunity to really experiment or try something unconventional with the recording of some of the some of the songs? I think there's like, uh, like Felix was saying before, like um, sometimes we would you know just try something on a song and it would kind of change our whole perspective on the whole thing. So like I know like when we were doing uh, like some of that Ebo stuff on Consequence of Love, like that kind of changed the whole vibe of the song for me personally. Um, and that's not something I've really played with a lot before in the past as like a melody line. I've always kind of used it as like a drone tool in the past. So it was kind of cool to play Yeah, I think that. we re-recorded that song like multiple times as the vibe changed. We did, yeah. Yeah, yeah so I mean that's really exciting when, you know, it, it's usually a one, two, three thing. Like somebody has an idea, the other person comments, and then the, the thing that gets thrown back is the thing. Um, and like in a case of that, I don't even think that's on the record. It, it was just sort of like the step to the to the next thing, and and not in any sort of pretentious art way. It's just sort of like we had the time. That's it. We like hanging out, and you know, one you know let that lead to the next thing, and uh, it served its purpose, and now it can just disappear. But yes, we do experiment. <laughs> well, I mean, so yeah, if you're, if you're throwing the Ebo into there, that's a pretty unique instrument in and of itself. Yeah, I think it's experimenting with, like, the notes them, themselves more than the, the sounds, you know, like, and how to play a part and get the emotion out or, you know, how, how um, Bruce might uh, approach the vocal. You know, we, we'll try vocals many different ways, you know, like, you know, one day 
and that that's just our changing moods. Like, you know, one day I'll want to hear it really aggressive because, you know, I just want to hear some aggressive singing. And then the next day, you know, you just feel like the contrast of crooning against that track might be, mm-hmm. might be the thing. And then you, you soon find out that you're probably right the first time, or it's a combination of the two. Just the uh, trial and error process. Yeah, yeah. It's like, of course, like none of us are geniuses. Like we just make mistakes and then quote them and repeat them. And, uh, you know, um, it, maybe it looks like genius sometimes, but, you know, it doesn't, it's just it's being it's all aware. an illusion. <laughs> it's all an illusion. It's just a bunch of morons. <laughs> you know, the four, five, exactly. This is, uh, I guess, another question for Bruce, but maybe you guys might have some perspective on it as well. The band has worked closely with multimedia artist Artie Kane, who has done uh, a lot of the band's promotional photography and shot a number of the band's music videos. How did you get connected with him, and how has he helped realize the visual aesthetic for the project? Um, Artie and I met through friends. Um, a few years ago, um, he was really involved with uh, the first album, um, and he uh, really did some some amazing stuff with that. Um, with uh, this album, he did the video for "Breathe," which I love, and um, um, he's he's kind of taking a break right now um just um he had some health stuff going on so um i'm trying not to uh badger him too much these days just you know (laughs) yeah fair enough and did he do the album cover for this release as well or is that another artist no um the album cover for this release, I actually brought you guys a poster. So oh, thank yeah. you. Um, um, the album cover for this is an, an artist friend of mine who's amazing, um, Ronan Boyle. Um, and the idea was to create a shrine, so kind of a Sacred Heart Shrine. And he cast um, a heart out of plaster, and he covered that with copper, and then he tarnished the copper. And around that, he created a shrine, and we hung that on his kitchen wall and just took a photograph. And I'm really friggin' happy because it turned out amazing. Yeah, I think we're all quite happy. Yeah. And yeah, I just want to add, like, Kyle probably thinks I'm going to mention something about him making videos for us as well, but I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) He does, though. Just so you know. But we're not going to talk about it. We're not going to talk about it about it at all. Like, he might have done the I'm in love video. Yeah. Um, But. You'll never know for sure. It might be on YouTube. Though. <laughs> it, it might be. It could be. Could be credited to him. YouTube. You can check yeah. it out. Yeah. Allegedly, Allegedly, it was uploaded a while ago. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. Well, I. But I, yeah, he doesn't do that anymore. Ah, fair. <laughs> he does it. He does it for a lot of bands. Yeah. And, and he's good at it. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's amazing. It's fun. It's fun. We we had fun doing that one. I got to 
hit these guys in the face with a lot of heart-shaped balloons. So it's a <laughs> cathartic experience for all of us, I'm sure. I, I do have to ask about about that video. How many balloons were in the room at the time? Well, we can make this a contest. <laughs> <laughs> if you can uh, guess, guess how many balloons were you, in the room. You'll win that many, that number of balloons. Oh, wow. <laughs> so uh, write in. Uh, you can text me at... Uh, What's your personal five, number? Five, five. You guys <laughs> just call you guys directly. Mail in. If we had a call-in function, that would be a perfect <laughs> opportunity to no, call in. Just random numbers being called in. <laughs> There's actually two balloons, but I CG'd the rest, and it took me a oh, really long time. Oh, there you go. Time. <laughs> I seem to recall there were uh, a lot. Yeah. I think there was like 99 Luftballon. Yeah. The, the, and and they how many? They weren't all red, though. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> I think the funner thing about that video was blowing up the balloons. He, has anybody ever used one of those helium tank yeah, machines? Like great. Yeah. Do you use a helium tank or one of the like squeeze bottle ones? Helium tank and. Um, there were probably close to a hundred balloons. It feels like more than that. A lot of balloons, and um, some of them are still in the ceiling. They're still <laughs> up there. Unbelievably, yet. it's yeah. been months. It's been months, and they haven't fallen yet. That's so. some high-quality helium. That's high the quality best. Balloons. Well, I got a guy. Helium, <laughs> you can buy. <laughs> that reminds me, for whatever reason, of uh, there was a charity event that happened in the city of Cleveland in like the '80s. Where they oh, blew yeah. up, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where they blew up like a million balloons oh, great. <laughs> and released them, and it caused absolute chaos. Yeah, like <laughs> havoc. Oh, what, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. So they released all the balloons, and they thought, oh, you know, great. But it turns out that uh, I think it was super windy la- that day, oh, so it it messed up traffic. It all the balloons, a lot of the balloons wound up in the in the bay, which tragically oh. prevented. Um, the Coast Guard from rescuing two sailors who had oh God. fallen off a boat like the night before because all the balloons were obscuring the water. Oh my God. Terrible. Oh my God. You can watch this disaster on YouTube as well. Yeah, there's a great done. video about Oh, really? About, but you should watch our video, though. It wouldn't be as interesting if it was a happy story. <laughs> this is a YouTube ad. This is the struggle. This is the struggle. This is the struggle. Yes. It would not be as interesting. This is why people do art. Balloons. Balloons. The video yeah. was an oblique reference to that. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, yeah. You Deliberate or not. You should have told us, man. <laughs> and kind of on the topic of, of music videos, besides the two clips that you've released for Breathe and I'm in Love, mm-hmm. what else do you have planned to promote the EP? Um, About a thousand balloons. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have a show coming up March 14th at the rickshaw with um, hunting who are amazing oh yeah yeah and um, we'll probably make one more video too oh and Jody Glennam who's oh, also great who's amazing yeah 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 do you have an idea of what song from the EP you're looking to make into another video I, I do. Question. I do. War came to us. That's that could like, be really cool visually. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Oh yeah. Iggy Pop's gonna be there too. <laughs> He's always there with us in spirit. Well, Bruce just needs to put on a wig. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's really got it. Yeah, Bruce is ripped. People don't. Do people know? Oh, there's a photo of him. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, people know. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Oh, yeah. Actually, I had a uh, kind of a general question because I know all of you folks have played in different bands, and Bruce, of course, has participated in the Vancouver music scene for a number of years. Um, what is your what is your perspective like on the scene and how it's changed and grown over the years? And you know, what do you what do you find challenging about the scene here, and what do you what do you enjoy about you know being a musician in Vancouver? Oh, I, I enjoy how hard it is. That's the best <laughs> to to do anything. I think the struggle does breed a lot of great like punk and and not even just punk music, but just you know the struggle reads a lot of great art. I mean, it's hard to live here. It's fucking expensive. It's, how yeah, do you so juggle that? Whatever pushes through... Is pretty good. Is, is pretty it's got to be important enough for someone to do after they've already spent most of their time trying to earn money. It's very true. So that's... The, the lack of free time is, is, a, is a real thing. Uh, how's it changed, though? Yeah. I don't have a How has it changed? Um... I think Vancouver really tends to have have a scene that tends to be fairly uh, disconnected, it, and I'm not really sure why that is. I'm one of the the things I really enjoy about this prop project is we really try to get a broad um, a broad uh, base of who we bring in so we really try to c connect and um, I think that Vancouver's just not a very friendly place so it's hard to see, so, so, so unfriendly. unfriendly. That was no. sorry, I'm sorry. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I think um, Vancouver's just a hard place to connect with people, and I don't know if that's because um, it's expensive and it's hard to find time, or if it's because. Vancouver's um, really new, and it has no real history. So, yeah. so culturally, um, it has no real cultural base. If if that makes it's pretty sense. transient here too. You yeah, know? it's like yeah, and yeah. I agree with what um, Bruce is saying. You know, having had the opportunity to. To, to visit a lot of other cities, it, it's like, um, and also forgetting what Bruce just said. Um, oh, what were you saying about unfriendliness or something? Yeah, unfriendly, uh, disconnected, um, cultural. Uh, yeah, like base, you, you know, the way I've heard, uh, for, uh, like, yeah, Vancouver described is like it's like an awkward teenager. Like it, it, it sort of it knows, but it doesn't know, and and a lot of like I think um, becoming good is like admitting to yourself finally that you can do these things or you have these talents, 
I mean, that's really broad, but, you know, when I, having lived here most of my life, it, it's like, I, I just sort of, like, um, sometimes feel um, we don't take each other as for, for real, and we look outside, you know, for uh, outside uh, affirmation or that if something's from somewhere else, it, it's, it's like, it's it's like uh, you know got more artistic weight or something, but that's just perspective because you know having you know having been to other places they you know they view us in the same way you know and and you know we're interesting to them partly because you know we're we're foreign you know or we're far away so I you know I'd like to see maybe just uh, you know me I'm I'm in bands but I'm also a fan so I'd like to see me as a fan or other fans just kind of like invest in it a little bit more you know you know just be able to see it as as real before somebody else does because that that's something I've seen very often in Vancouver it's just like people didn't see it it was right in front of them and then this band gets picked up from somewhere and they leave and other people see it very clearly I don't mm -hmm. know why we can't yeah. Yeah. or we won't admit to it or that there's an imaginary pie or it's, it's such a struggle to get by here that we're trained to not be as generous, maybe, with uh, our time and with, with other artists? I, I, I don't know. You know, these are just speculations, of course, you know. Yeah, it, and it's interesting that you're touching on a sense of insecurity within the city. I, I wonder if... Yeah, what's the cause of that? Yeah, right? yeah, that'd, yeah. Be, that'd be my question, and I, I, I wonder if... It's hard to say, because, of course, I haven't lived in any other major city for an extended period of time. I wonder if... I think Mon be, if Montreal or Toronto feel that way sometimes, it I, can be hard to say. But you no, know, it might be architectural, because when I go to Montreal and and I go to Toronto and I look at the the buildings that are built there, you know, that, those are like three hundred years old, mm -hmm. and those are like hewn from huge stones. Everything here is built from wood, so it just disappears after a hundred years. <laughs> yeah. Or steel and glass. Yeah, steel which and glass, which just was like reflect, right? So, so uh, yeah, harder. To um, to feel a part of when you're just being reflected back at you. Yeah, it's been written you by know? about yeah. by other architects yeah. too that like Vancouver is architecturally oh it's like ugly oh it's terrible you know and um, and other cities have a look yeah look to it and that's something maybe you can lean on you know like when you meet New Yorkers why do New York kids you get the sense that they can, they feel like they can do it. Well, it's because they grew up on the same street as Lou Reed. Like, Lou Reed walks down that street, so it's normal mm -hmm. for them to be around that. And if we can't keep these people here, and we can't keep the great culture that we do have here, then you're walking down the streets and you don't see what's great about being here and, and, and what's great about you, you know, as being a part of a, a, a Vancouverite, you know? Like, what are we proud of here? Yeah, for me, no, I mean... Holy shit. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm done. <laughs> I'm, I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just going to say, I mean, speaking for myself, I, you know, there got folks like you coming on the show. Uh, I love the, I love the, the, there's so much talent here. Right. And I, I, while I'm not entirely sure what the, what the answer is, I think part of it might be might be just uh, 
somehow making a more concerted effort to to build a sense of community with the with the disparate sex mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, as you, it were you know what in the you scene. guys yeah sorry to interrupt but what you guys are doing is sort of like you know why aren't we celebrating each other you know, exactly and that's, that, and that's what you're doing here like uh why don't i hear local records at dj nights yeah. you know that that blows my mind or on the radio uh, pretty much well there's a you know general. there's reasons for that like when I mean, they play them here but like on you know course radio stuff right but mm-hmm. that's always kind of like uh you know been a thing thing for me it's just like you know I, I can go to new york and i'll hear a friend's record here at a random dj night but i won't hear that record here every once in a while you know i'm not out all every night right like people play stuff but it's like i'd like to see it as just like a more regular normal thing you know that it fits in between all the other stuff and it does you know we're, we're super talented here. oh absolutely and beautiful <laughs> yeah there's a reason why this city is expensive is because people want to live here yeah yeah right and kind of as a way of paying it forward uh, i want to ask you guys what local bands or artists would you recommend we bring on the show for a future episode um right beach yeah, right, right one. Beach. I love those guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Casinos. I think yes. it's like you've heard of those guys. Oh my god. Yeah, we yeah, made that record. We made that record. Well, there we go. Yeah, so and they, so they have amazing songs and amazing stage presence, and they're the sweetest guys. Um, you know, girlfriends and boyfriends. Yeah. You know, those people I work with a lot. I mean, I'm just gonna name off people. I do it. I, I work. <laughs> I, I get a chance to work with. Um, you know, you should get Kyle in, in here by himself and, and just, like, you know, talk to him for a couple hours and see how you like it. <laughs> and um, I'd just bring all you guys with me. It'd be the same group of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, who else? Uh, you know, Spell is another band that I work with yeah. that, I, that I really dig, and they, they kind of do this, like, uh, Genesis type of, like, prog metal I, I mean, they're going to hate me for saying that, but it's like, <laughs> it's I've fusion. heard of Spell, yeah. Yeah, and... Oh, I mean, there's there's too many. You should get some. You know, there's scenes everywhere, and I think people would love to come down. Like Abbotsford has its own sound. Yeah, you know, Kristen oh, Wilco. I'd like to oh, learn yes. more about her. Dude, she's amazing. And Simon Bridgefoot, her her uh, partner and all. Like, he's a really interesting cat. Loans. And loans. Blessed. Blessed. Great. Yeah. Great right. Guys. Like that. There's something. Um, we need a bridge between those scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like absolutely. And, and, and same thing with, um, you know, Kamloops. Like, you know, there's lots of great bands and people doing it for themselves up there. And guess what? They got the internet. They're listening to the same things. It's not, like, weird or anything like that. Like, I mean, it is weird. It's super fucking weird. <laughs> Isolation brings do, weirdness. Yeah, I don't know. It's, like, it's just, like, strange. But there's, you know, there's all these communities, and they're getting closer and closer. And, I, you know, I urge people to, like, you know, there's, there's cool bands, like the Sylvia Platters. You wouldn't think of Surrey as a place like, you know, but again, the internet and people mm-hmm. grow up where they grow up and they're a fantastic band and they sh- they have the same record collection as me and probably you, right? Sleeve and Gonzales are from Surrey. Yeah, right? right and exactly. and we got to stop, like, thinking Vancouver's got it because I'm from the Burbs. I'm, I'm from uh, Richmond, you know, and, you know, North Van had great bands coming out of there. I, and they had their own little scene, too, like, you know, they've gone through three or four scenes with the same 15 kids doing weird, weird stuff. Like they had a, like a total New York Dolls type of uh, whole get-up thing. There's like 15 kids in like 2012 are wandering around looking like the New York fucking Dolls, 
and getting beat up, like full on patent leather. New York dolls. <laughs> like, and that, that's amazing to me. But nobody really heard about it in Vancouver. But there's what? these kids up there. There's a band oh. called Pretty Vanilla. Oh, okay. Yeah. I will check that out because that sounds really interesting. Because of course, yeah, I that's the first time I've heard about that. But that's super cool. Yeah, there's stuff happening. Is you know that I think if we kind of just look and maybe show up on Tuesday and Wednesday. You might see some of this stuff. Yeah, there you go. Right, you can go home by eleven. You don't have to stay the whole night, but like, go check it out. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Well, thank you so much, guys. Um, how can listeners check out your music and keep up with everything Sunday Morning is up to? On Spotify, um, YouTube, um, at uh, Sunday Morning dot band. Um, on Instagram, Facebook, Facebook, Bandcamp, usual uh, platforms, LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah, find Indeed. us on LinkedIn. <laughs> Monster.com. MySpace. 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 Yeah. Bing. Bing. <laughs> you can find anything on Bing, even Google Plus. <laughs> or some other um, and at the show. And and come to the show. show. Come to and the show. At the show. Yes, absolutely. And that's uh, March 14th? Yes. That's right. March 14th at the rickshaw. Absolutely. Fantastic. Well, again, thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Thank Looking you. forward to hearing the, the EP one when it comes out. All right. Thanks, James. Thanks, James. Yeah, no worries. Thank Thanks for listening. We're your hosts, James Olson. And Travis Noel. Travis, how can people check out what we're up to and what we're doing? You can check us out on Facebook, Pacific Sound Radio, Instagram, at Pacific Sound Radio, Twitter, at Pacific S Radio, YouTube, Pacific Sound Media, as well as our website, PacificSoundRadio.com. If you know a local band or artist that you think should appear as guests on our show, let us know. Fill out the form on our website or send us an email to talkpsr at gmail.com.